1: plushcare.com slash weight loss I will wash the dishes you go have a beer supported by thegeldedn.com. to browse and buy vintage lead shirts player signed prints and classic memorabilia go to thegeldedend.com The Square Ball by the fans for the fans since 1989 to buy the magazine read the blog and to download the podcast visit thesquareball.net The squareball.net. We must have said something right on the last podcast because leads have
2: been unbeaten since then. With the Kaiser Chief in the new Squareball magazine, we're in the mood for a good old-fashioned sing-song. And little Johnny Howson's here to... Uh, oh, anyone got a bucket? Hello. Hello, welcome to the Squareball podcast. And after the noisy affair of last time, we promised nothing but our own voices this time. And as well as my voice, there's Michael Normanton. Hello. Moscowite. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. Let's talk quickly first about issue two of the Squareball magazine. It went on sale for the Crystal Palace game. One of you uh, run me through the brilliance contained within its pages.
3: It's like um, the best issue of Smash Hits since... Is Smash Hits still going? I don't know. Well, doesn't need to anymore because um, all the pop stars now in the Squareball branching out, football and music, it's the way forward. Kaiser Chief, one of them, that um, we've got all four on the cover posing with. Squareball. Um, so there's an interview with Mr Simon Ricks, which Oddie... I did indeed. Oddie conducted and did a, an excellent job.
4: So a, a nice contribution we had from Ken himself. Of He's, course, um, our guest columnist. Put some forthright opinions across to us.
3: Well, he doesn't have many um, outlets. He's a man with a lot to say, and so we thought we'd give him a couple of pages in the square ball for him to get his views across. It's it's good to, to listen to our elders in society from time to time.
5: There is a small disclaimer to say that that may or may not be the real Ken Bates.
3: Yeah, we received it from somebody calling himself uh,
5: Ben Cates. Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. I liked Eddie Taylor's
2: article in there as well, talking about the world of Don Revy that um, David Peace has created, author of The Damned United. That was a particularly good piece of writing, I thought.
3: It is. And um, similar note, we've got Steve Firth interviewed Anthony Clavain. So we've got all the. uh, um, We've got so far football, music, literature, film. That's in there as well. Tom Lees is a puppy. Picture of Tom Lees as a puppy. So really, it's a complete package if you're looking for a magazine. <laughs> we've, we've had
2: many giggles before recording started uh, of the Tom Lees as a puppy picture, haven't we? It's very good. Thanks to House
4: and Is Now. Yep.
3: If you've got the square ball there, just turn to page six and the uh, the right-hand column. We really, up should. The top.
2: we really should recommend having a look at that website, isn't it? It's houseandisnow.com. Play on words, very good. Full of all sorts of uh, graphical treats.
3: Tom Lees as a puppy as much as you need to know
2: that went on sale at the Palace game at Ellen Road it will also be on sale versus Bristol and if we've got any left if you're lucky we might sell it versus the uh, the Red Lot
4: on Tuesday week if anyone turns up for it
2: yes so yeah do log on to the squareball.net for all details on subscription digital paper and otherwise um, and have a look on the blog and plenty of other stuff on there too get in touch with us here then podcast at the squareball.net is the email address we're also on Facebook you can find us on Twitter White watching, then this bit could be quite brief because we've only got one game because of the international break. So, should
3: we all talk very slowly? We can dwell on it though because we won. That's yes. true. We were going to dine out on this one till Christmas. So, that just reminded me of Club Call. He was following
5: <coughs> up Club Call as a
2: kid. Hello.
5: Oh, <laughs> the action. We can talk and as slow as Brian, Brian. The news. We can talk as slow as Michael Brown was on Saturday. And but Paddy. Paddy, really slow. Mm.
4: It was a very poor win. I think it's fair to say. I left without feeling any particular happiness. No, I did.
3: I was pleased with Becchio, the win. I mean, you... Having Becchio back was just like... It's all your dreams returning. He, he rose like a blonde god. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> we were next to each other, weren't we? Because um, we saw him running up and down the touchline. Did you swoon? Uh, swoon. Well, I certainly swooned, yeah, when he came on. I
3: have to say, but when um, the free kick was being lined up just before he scored, I did just... Nudge Oddie with my um, elbow and I said, Becchio. He did indeed. And lo and behold, Becchio scored. And a lovely touch as well um, with him running over to the physios and uh, celebrating in there. And And
2: saying thanks for not operating on me in the summer when you should have done.
3: I don't think he's holding a grudge. He's he's the kind of guy who just rises above petty cares like um, his health.
2: (laughs) I saw him in the Trafford Centre shopping with his brother and his missus and their baby. True mm-hmm. story.
3: Well, how long ago was this?
2: End of last
4: season. Was right. there some rumour of his brother coming to play for us? He came on trial, didn't he, I think, but we
2: heard nothing more about it. He was a junior, for the, with the juniors.
4: He's not very good then. He's just his brother.
2: A bit like the, the Ray and Rodney situation. <coughs> Back to the Palace game then. Ross McCormack, Super Ross, top scorer in the division.
4: Plays every position. It's yeah.
3: anywhere he can't play.
4: He was fantastic. He, and he's winning headers, it seems, despite being a small man, he's... Uh, he, just, he seems to manage to get get himself completely unmarked in the box every time. But great header,
3: great cross as well. Was it Middlesbrough last season where he he did yeah, that was, stupid yeah. flick and he looked like he'd never headed a football in his life? And yet this season, he all he seems to want to do is just peel away and nod it in.
4: I reckon Becchio and him have just been training together on it, it's been teaching him. While, it, while he's not been able to use his leg, he's still been heading it.
3: Heroics at Thorparch.
4: <laughs> Makes
2: it all slightly more frustrating
4: that he missed out so
2: much last season in favour of... Billy. I didn't want to say Billy. I don't <laughs> feel sorry for Billy. He's, he's further down the pecking You can't out. not feel sorry for Billy. Do you think um, that he's that's it for him? He's, he's done now because they're prepared to let him speak to Brighton at least during the transfer window.
4: Are his cards marked? It's not looking good for him, particularly now we've got Forsell who can, it seems, win headers as well.
3: Did you see um, Ken's comments about a strike force in the programme notes on Saturday where he said... Because the scene have very angry at Leeds about this story linking us with Niall Ranger and putting out statements to dismiss it. And then again in the programme notes, Ken Bates was saying, uh, we've got Becchio, it's Sommer...
2: No, sorry, is this contrary to the we don't talk about speculation uh, rule?
3: This was uh, distinguished as being not speculation because we were never in for oh, OK, it. OK, sorry. He said, we've got Becchio, Sommer, McCormack and Painter. So why would we need Nile Ranger? Well, then why do we need Mikhail Forsell? <laughs> by the same token? But who knows what wacky
5: Ken's on about? But that was mainly aimed at the Yorkshire Evening Post, I believe, you published a, a non-story and Ken wasn't happy.
2: It's not like Ken to have a pop at the media, is it?
5: Not really. He loves them all. By all, I mean Yorkshire Radio.
2: Well, with uh, a full segment to fill here, we better talk about every minute detail of this game. Charlie Taylor's debut, how did he get on in the game, do you think?
4: He did very well, I thought, for an hour, after which he was obviously knackered, but no. He's only 17, Never played before.
3: As a 17 year old, I could was...
2: never
4: go for more than an hour at,
3: at a time. He, he wasn't getting much help either. He, he was Because um, I was watching being in the East End for a very rare um, occasion. I you was know, seeing a lot of Tom Lees. And there were points where um, if Tom Lees wasn't sure what to do, Johnny Halson was like running over to him, was basically going, pass it to him there, and then he'd do it. Um, whereas Nunes didn't seem particularly interested in um, rendering such a service to Charlie Taylor. But didn't stop Charlie Taylor from putting in a beautiful cross for Ross's goal, which was, um, you know, you don't get many crosses. He was nearer the dugouts than the um, the area, swooping across.
2: Speaking of other debuts, what about Forsell then, his impact? Does he look the part, or is he
4: over the hill? He didn't get many touches, but I suppose he got a crucial one, so yeah. we can't complain.
3: Come on and get an assist. But yeah, there wasn't much. Um, long enough to really judge him There was long enough for us to be able to tell that Becchio is still wonderful but not long enough to work out whether Forsell will be any good or not but um, it, it was a bit odd because it is making you wonder how McCormack's going to stay in the team with um, Forsell here and Becchio back and you know with him being shunted around the pitch I can't imagine he'll be content to do that for too long and it would be a bit typical to get our top scorer playing left wing, back on the back. yeah
2: <laughs> what about the uh the slow coaches, then we just uh, mentioned them before Brown and Debbie say it, Paddy Kisnobo. Norbo.
4: Oh, it was bad watching Paddy. I felt, you know, you don't, I didn't want to criticise him, but oh, he was, he was awful. Let's be honest. was well, all right if he was in the air. Yeah, if he'd been someone we didn't like, he'd have been absolutely torn to bits.
5: <laughs>
3: Did you see him and Housen after the second goal? Yeah, arguing all the way back from the goal line to the centre circle and even got to the point where they were watching the replay on the big screen I think Kisnoble's point was I can't bloody run so you should have run <laughs> and then I could have tried to get back as best I could and Houston started just holding his hands up going alright I know I know stop going on about it stop oh, going on at me <laughs> and, then and then there'd be a minute of silence and then Hauston just kind of go but it was your fault anyway <laughs> and he'd just start up again and the pair of them it's like you wanted to go and knock the heads together But Kiznobar, I think as long as it's in front of him and it's in the air and all he has to do is kind of looping head it, that'll be fine. Anything else? Mm. His
4: running style seems to have changed a bit. He looks like he's cacked himself a little bit the way way he's running. I don't know if he's carrying a bit of an injury again or or what, because he's not looked as slow in other games, I don't think, but he really seemed to highlight it in this game, and it was, as I say, upsetting to watch.
3: As was Brown.
4: Brown, yeah, didn't you have a
2: little... um tactical chat with Simon Grayson at the Kaiser Chiefs concert on Sunday
4: oh well you know (laughs) you showbiz people you well if you mean pestered him then yes he said that Brown hasn't trained or played in three and a half weeks which I guess is some defense for him being massively off the pace but yeah he was pretty dreadful
5: for that to happen for a player who hadn't played since last December Mm. and spent the last six months at Portsmouth not kicking a ball that's not a good sign
3: there was times when he, he couldn't get near a player to make a tackle, and then Housen was coming, sliding in to win the ball, which isn't usual Johnny style. Mm. And then poor old Housen wasn't well either. It took quite blowing spectacular. Chunks, blowing <laughs> chunks into the wind. Yeah, it was. Um,
2: Alex Bruce was looking on, thinking, well, what a star.
3: Well, no, Alex Bruce must have just felt worse and worse because his unique selling point is now just blown away because if Johnny's going to be sick every game then what's the point in Alex Bruce even being here yeah he just started crawling around the centre circle and I think the, nobody was entirely sure what was going on and, whether, and they were trying to put the ball out of play and the referee was going over to see if he was alright and then he, he stood up and then just yawned and it was it <laughs> it was it was, it was spectacular you just saw this like orange gush come forward and then it blew right back <laughs> over him in his face like an explosion of vomit. Yeah, and then I think the referee then insisted that you go and get treatment, which I think was code for clean change, yourself change up. You yeah, shirt.
2: like a girl in a nightclub toilet. go on, get get <laughs> over to the sink, have a wash. Go on, get sick off, out of your hair.
3: Drink drink more Blue Wicked. But yeah, spectacular stuff. As the um, I suppose the only upside upside at least he didn't shit himself.
2: Yeah, there is that. That's that's a David Batty. Yeah, you've got to look on the bright side.
4: Although we can't necessarily say the same for Paddy. Brown, let me tell you. <laughs> the disappointing thing I thought about Brown was even though his lack of fitness might account for him not getting around the pitch and making tackles, I thought it was poor that he didn't seem to be wanting the ball off the back four, which given we had two youngsters at the full back, it'd be nice for them to have someone dropping back to, to just take the ball off them. Whereas quite often, this goes for all the midfield as well, including Snoddy and Nunez turn the backs on them and we're just like oh, you you deal with it i don't want to i don't want the ball You've, it's your problem
3: it shows i mean if you remember last season the arguments were we had Kilkenny, Johnson Nunes floating around Fay at one point and we were trying to work out Housen as well of course and we were trying to work out well how do we get the best combination in midfield this season Clayton isn't playing we're screwed yeah
4: it really Pretty he left an enormous hole in that team which for a player who this time last year we all thought was crap. Well, he yeah. couldn't track a bag of
2: he
5: was awful at Forest, I remember, when he came on. Uh, the other thing was Nunes not tracking back like Gradle did um, for all his attacking prowess. If he lost the ball, he did chase it back and try and win it back. Nunes had a bit of a strop, shall we say. Tantrum. Yes.
3: Yeah. Latin temperament. <laughs> nah, tarts temperament. Yeah. Something nothing to do with where he's from.
4: If you'd played well, you can understand players being... a annoyed at being taken off but he'd done absolutely nothing but he's yeah. Il Principito <laughs> I'm, il, il Principito Nunez the the fact, Ramon Nunez Il Principito
3: the fact he took so long going off the pitch that people were, we're doing, doing.
4: Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was kind of a yeah on, hurry up. come on
5: come on come on get him. off <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah and he went he kicked the bag over and he didn't shake hands with grace and then I saw him a, on the highlights to cut back to um, a shot of the bench at one point you can see him just sitting there with his arms folded in a massive it's Just, I mean he's for the first game Principito, and happy. <laughs> that, I'm ignoring this that, that <laughs> position's up for grabs now that Gradle's buggered off and first game he's like right you are now You this is your goal be left wing be fantastic no he just he screwed it up and then threw a sulk it ain't good enough
4: it's worth saying that it's not his position this is not the position of a <laughs> Principito. Where's he from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was he in a low low
2: <laughs> As always, in this part of the Squareball podcast, we will wrap up the transfer news. This time, thankfully, free of any sort of ridiculous sound effects and noises, apart from us, For Radle, we spoke at length about him last time. So, without retreading old ground, we now know what the fee was. 2 million euros net, wasn't it? Which works out to, did we decide about 1.7
3: million pounds? Ken was telling us. It's the figure he put in the programme. Although, officially, it was undisclosed, but apparently, we we're allowed to know about this one.
2: It's just Ken. He's not rattled, though. He's not no. rattled. No, 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 no. Is
3: that
5: because they released it, though? That he I was don't... Forced to I'm fairly away.
3: sure that it was undisclosed on St Etienne's website as well. Oh. But it was bandied about in the French press that it had been about 2 million euros. But then, I don't think Ken would allow himself to be swayed by what The frogs are writing in their froggy newspapers. See what they're using to wrap up their snails tomorrow.
4: We're gonna to have to get a bigger pot out with for Simon.
3: Yeah, and he says, All that in there. All, all, I mean, any transfers from now on, any lack of transfers, it's at least Simon Grayson's fault because he's given all this money straight into his pot. In fact, he's been given it after the transfer window has closed. Irrelevant. Go and buy some players, Simon. I'm giving you the tools.
2: Well, he's got it in two chunks, hasn't he? What well, house. The yes, there's a <laughs> house in there waiting to be uh, slotted into an open goal. 850k at a time, we think then, roughly, into said pot. All for the emergency loan window.
3: We just can't sign a player. That's the main problem. It sounds like um, we had a greater replacement because we wanted Jason Punching, but got a better offer and went there.
2: Something and, I found particularly interesting in that little revelation about how things work from Ken was in his weekly state address the transcript of which you can read on the squareball.net, plug, plug.
3: It's easier than listening to him.
2: Yes, (laughs) some may say. And he mentioned that essentially the system works whereby Grayson identifies targets, speaks to them, see if they're interested in coming to Ellen Road, and then it's all handed over to Sean Harvey. Was that almost Ken saying, look, this is nothing to do with me. These are Simon's players, and it's Sean who's buggering up the negotiations.
3: Ken Bates is basically implying that none of this is anything to do with him, Hmm. even though he owns, runs the club. Um and just says the problem is that Sean Harvey is just consistently cock blocking Grayson.
2: Actually, as an aside on that point, he also mentioned that he doesn't own Yorkshire Radio, which is a barefaced lie. Because he does, doesn't he?
3: Does he?
5: Well he can does He's owned this. by Leeds United, who are owned by... almost all wholly owned by Ken Bates.
2: Yeah, he's the majority shareholder. So you know you can you could safely classify him as the owner. He's the majority shareholder of the group of which Yorkshire Radio is part of. So him saying that he doesn't own it is not
3: true. Well, this was all part of one of the most surreal things that's happened during Bates' state radio talks. When him and Ben started, it got got quite meta with them discussing, you know, people say that the questions you ask me that I give you to ask me aren't strong enough. Whereas I think they're very tough, Ben. And Ben saying, Yes. You're right, Mister Chairman. They are tough questions that you tell me to ask you. And it oh, was
5: since I can't quite read your handwriting, Ken.
3: It got very surreal for a while, but then, but then he's not rattled. They're not rattled. Absolutely no, not. No. Rattled. He's not. He's not bothered by these morons, pots and dissidents. That's not at all why. Inarticu- he's a, inarticulate morons. That's not at all why they're sitting around going. Mm, the questions are hard. <laughs> I, I barely. Know, I can't even look Ben Fry in the yeah. eye sometimes. I don't know why he suddenly turned into Got One, <laughs> but that's that's the way Ken is acting lately. Anyway, transfers get sidetracked. They're aware well, we're not buying anyone. <laughs> this uh, Jason Puncheon deal
2: again, very reluctant to release details unless they're almost railroaded into it. Jason Puncheon never realistic, was it really with QPR sniffing round? No.
5: Well, apparently agreed a deal at lunchtime with us on the deadline day, and then managed to sign at tea time with QPR.
4: When we nearly sign all these players, I wonder if it gets. When we say nearly signed, it involves a phone call to an agent who would so and so be interested in signing for Leeds, and they go, "Oh yeah, sure, sure, well, we'd certainly be interested in that." Can we come in for discussions? And that's the point when we don't nearly sign them well, because well, they, go, they go, "I was looking at about twenty-five grand a week," and we go,
2: oh, "Half me. it, knocks them off."
4: <laughs> um, well, I almost won the lottery this week. I was only six numbers out, but
2: yeah, could have done.
3: Well, we nearly won the lottery as well, but Painter decided to stay.
2: Oh, Cleve Billy alone. <laughs> What's he ever, what has he ever done to you?
3: Not enough. Yeah, fair. Probably enough.
2: hit him with a stray football. <laughs> <laughs> so he stayed, didn't he? We, we did touch on it I think twice in our very exciting, noise filled uh
3: It was breaking news breaking, as we were what? we were here
2: <sighs> uh podcast last time. He didn't go, um despite us being offered real cash money. Did he
3: it. turn it down or did we turn it down?
4: It
2: wasn't Probably quite clear,
3: was
4: it? It was I to stay and fight for his place. Why? What's is he wrong in the head? And
3: we well, he responded
4: by buying another striker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, back to the queue.
3: Billy's got to be going out on loan, hasn't he? I mean, at least it shows that people are interested in taking it. I mean, if I mean Brighton signed v- v- is it v- Vicente? Vicente, oh, you're good at Vicente. this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> El Principito Vicente.
3: So there's the signing. Guys who used to play for Real Madrid, and they're thinking, whoa, he's a winger. We're going to need a target man." He used to. Uh... There's no Raul Bravo though. <laughs> so yeah, sort of. Gus wants him. Somebody else must. And have Gus actually a use seems to
2: know. Seems to know what he's doing, doesn't he?
3: Well, this was. Um, this is the possible upside of him not going to Brighton. Is we're not going to have to suffer Gus Poyet turning into a thirty-goal a season man man machine.
4: Man machine.
2: <laughs> man machine.
3: Yes. <laughs> Billy Painter, the man machine.
2: More surreal, perhaps, than the whole painter saga. How, on God's green earth, did Federico Bassoni end up as a Premier
4: League footballer? It, it, it defies belief. One of the stranger ones, because we were struggling to farm him out to League One clubs, and then all of a sudden... Brendan well, Rodgers. I wonder if they bought the wrong man. I wonder if they said, get that Argentinian fella from Leeds. <laughs> a bit of a John Barnes, uh, Luther Blissett alleged story.
3: It's funny how it's come about, is it? Because their, um, their regular left-back fell out of a golf buggy and broke his leg. And so they've had to hurriedly get in a left-back, which, I don't know, we've been in a similar situation. We haven't hurriedly got in a left-back. I don't think we've,
2: don't know we've taken 15 yeah. years over the yeah. job. I don't
3: know who Swansea <laughs> think they are. They can just swan out and get a left-back. Did he play on Saturday against Arsenal?
4: No. We
3: they wouldn't up? risk playing him, surely. Well, they lost, so they might have done. <laughs> it was only Arsenal anyway. They're pretty soft.
2: You've almost got to feel a sense of uh,
4: respect to Federico for managing to somehow pull that off. He had to go back though as well that can never be easy yeah
3: well he sounded delighted though he like said a, he like drove a, like, like a
2: lover who strayed comes back tail between legs
3: I don't think he's tail between his legs it sounded like he was uh um, cat wheels
5: to go back I think yeah he
3: was blowing um, party streamers all the way down the motorway as he was driving cans open playing the beastie boys as loud as he could
5: <laughs> bit like Dan on his way to Sheffield
2: <laughs> yeah we yet to bring anybody in which was the most disappointing aspect of the <laughs> Transfer window. Danny Pugh being heavily linked. There's talk of uh, of a left back coming in sooner rather than later. May have happened by the time this makes it to uh, to air. Who knows?
4: Pugh would be a decent signing. I think everyone seems. He's not exactly inspiring, but everyone kind of
3: goes. Hmm. Yeah. Sensible. Steady. How old is he now? He's got about twenty six, seven.
4: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. He's quite young when he was here. Yeah, last. Yeah, he was isn't? actually. Yeah, he's a decent
5: age. He plays a few positions. And he, it, he played actual games in the Premier League, so...
2: Yeah,
3: and he's not looked shabby.
2: Unlike um, disposing of Keogh, getting Keo back, disproving <laughs>
3: well, yeah, it, Kevin Blackwell. I have seen this, because um, when Bowyer and Woodgate and Smith were all being raised, I was quite adamant that we should not never go back. But then Danny Pugh comes online and I'm like, well, yeah, go back for him. I suppose he never uh, never got into quite the same degree of trouble as any of those three coasters, but... Um, Yeah, we know about him and I think we would probably trust him if he lines up. We know what we're getting.
2: Very much a Grayson sort of player, isn't he? Versatile, several positions.
3: It's worth saying that he's
4: one of the few decent players that aren't included in the 25-man squads because we've had that, well, for two years pretty much. We've had constant talk of this. Once they announce the squads, we're going to have a pick of all these Mm -hmm. marvellous footballers and then you look at the list and there's only two or three that are any good at all.
2: Very interesting article from Phil Hay in the Yorkshire Evening Post this last week, wasn't there, about the uh, the dearth of players actually available during the emergency loan window? Ken
4: told me they only the print lies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the substance of Phil Hay's story was Leeds United cocked it up. That's basically all you need to know about that.
2: Which, you know, if you're not from Leeds and you're not familiar, is a real sea change for the editorial line of the paper, isn't it, really? It's, it's only a very subtle story, but normally they're very, well, they toe the party line, should we say.
3: Yeah, but there he was just basically saying that Leeds' whole plans in the transfer window ain't worked.
2: Everything from Grayson's targets to the negotiations to
3: getting them in. Yeah, and so we've just got to the point now where there aren't any good players to have, so we're not going to be able to get any.
2: It was also from Yeah, it was also pointed out, wasn't it, that a lot of the, is it the under-23s or the under-21s don't count in the 25-man squad, so the young talent... Anyone, As
4: anyone who plays football manager will know. <laughs> yes,
2: so the... Uh, the You know, they're not necessarily available as you may think they are.
3: Yeah. Well, this was always gonna happen with the twenty five man squads. It was the first couple of seasons where it took the clubs a while to get to work their heads around it and now they've trimmed the squads to the point where they don't have excess players. There aren't apart from Manchester City, they're not just carrying rosters full of dozens of players because they know they can only have twenty five. So we're still grubbing around like it was two years ago when there was when there was fodder to be Had there ain't no fodder no more.
2: We do seem to be quite good at picking up what sounds (laughs) like a country music song. (laughs) (laughs) We do seem to be quite good at picking up players from overseas. You look at Luciano, you look at you know Nunes, we've had you know varying degrees of success with that. Should we not be farming the lower leagues for the the best upcoming talent that's going to fit in with our wage structure, you know? Players that are perhaps looking at the the next step up, rather than players that are looking to step down from
4: the Premier League. Part of the problem with that is that they're still too expensive for us. Yeah. You see, lower league players go for still half a million up for for promising League One, League Two players, and we don't pay that sort of we've, money. We've got to buy somebody. I mean,
2: we, can't, be... we can't. We, never buy... we <laughs> I have to. We can't. We can't carry on forever not buying players because they'll all retire and we'll have nobody left.
3: I think you're right, but we would be able to afford the wages of a lower league star, but they've got chairmans that own them that want millions.
4: People talk about Adam Lafondre and his ilk, who've proved it at the lower level, but he's been linked places for
3: a million pounds. Looks and... like Oxide and Neutrino from uh, <laughs> Southampton. What was it? Oxide Chamberlain? Whatever he's called. Oxlade Chamberlain, yeah. <laughs> who turned out to be any good in uh, in the third division, and so Arsenal bought him. It's like, what, what can you no, do? I didn't
2: necessarily mean the, the, the sort of very... Prominent up and coming no. youngsters like that, but you know, the, the we we'll just get the shit ones. Well, no, but the, the sort of 23, 24 year olds who are then, you know, looking to make the step up that uh, look at Paul Lambert, look what he did with Norwich. Um, yeah. And look where that's got them.
3: We're talking about the Bradley Johnsons and the Freddie Bassonis and the I don't know. No, I I would much prefer that to be happening, but it isn't going to happen. So meanwhile, Mika Verenen.
2: Well, yes, brings me on to that. We have the brought the future in, is finished. We have brought in one Finn. Uh, in the shape of Mikhail Forsell, kind of touched on him in the uh, in the previous section. Any more to add on that? Other than he'll bring a bit of experience, wise head,
3: attractive man bag. He was in the background when Simon Grayson's being interviewed after the game, looking hunting for something in a very, a very high hanging man bag. It's quite distracting. You're trying to listen to what you know Grayson's whispering sweet nothings. And,
4: the way you were gesturing then, it looked like he was cupping a
3: breast. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't have a bag to uh, illustrate. I can only use a. Fire, fire imaginary audio, breasts this
2: audio medium uh, yeah the other the other Finn Mika pronounce the surname again for me Moscow he doesn't how to say it he's just reading it
3: <laughs> Varenan it says here Varenan Mika Varenan can we not just call him what it said in this um, this newspaper article hardcore professional
2: that sounds like somebody who might apply <coughs> their trade in Amsterdam or a multitasker
3: well he was uh, he was playing in Holland last season but I was they... thinking
2: more in the, in the red light district he's... to be honest
3: OK. Well, he says that they discarded him like an old shopping bag. And he's without a club now, so we might as well have it. It's perfect And oh, without late. an agent
5: too. So Ken will absolutely love him.
3: Not sure if that's true or not. There's, there's some... That's what you um, wrote down
5: here. Yeah, I know, but I've, I've
3: since seen that particular part of the article debunked. Apparently he does have an agent somewhere. But, he, I mean, he's very much like for sale that he's playing international football for Finland, but doesn't have a, a club. He looks like a proper... Um, it's like the return of Gilfie. We haven't had a, a mad Scandinavian for a while. All our Scandinavians have been quite sedate for a, a period, whereas this guy really looks like he's going to fuck shit up when he gets here. <laughs> he's just got that real... Arms full of tattoos. Yeah, and there's, there's that photograph of him. He's sitting on a bench, and he looks like he's in a production of Waiting for Godot or something, except it's like Waiting for Godot with double-hard Scandinavians. <laughs>
2: Is the sort of man who, who crippled uh, Snoddy pre-season.
3: Yeah. Oh, don't remind me of that. still angry. Sorry,
2: I know it upsets you. Well, final word. I guess we can tie this in with the lack of transfer activity. Seems to be a very slow uptake on the Manchester United tickets in the League Cup, which is disappointing from the club's
4: point of view. Is it a bit of a surprise, really? I actually am surprised. I thought, even though there are obviously category A prices, I thought they would pretty much sell out. On on the,
2: the club did as well, given the the, tran- the, the, not the transfer policy, the ticket policy that was put in place for this game.
3: Yeah, they were acting as if it was going to be all over by the time members had got them, but they've actually put out today that members can have some extra ones if they want. Yeah. Um, Poor
5: take up from season ticket holders, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. It's on, it's on Sky, and depending on where you sit, it can be anything up to 38 quid.
4: It's probably not been helped either by Man United steamrolling everybody, because I think people think, yeah, I don't want to go watch yeah. that. No. I've no interest in seeing Kisnarbo having to play against Rooney there, there doesn't in seem his current to, state. There doesn't
2: seem to be that sense of anticipation like was with January the 3rd, because you know, we're not on the up anymore, are we? We've sort of plateaued and even dipped a little bit, you could argue. There's not the same sense of forward momentum.
4: And poor old Charlie Taylor, if he's having to turn out against Nani. It's a scary
3: prospect. Michael Brown in midfield against... Whoever they have in midfield, I don't know.
2: There's reason over anything <laughs> I don't know about them. <laughs> it is worth saying, isn't it, that um, Ken often trumpets his membership figures as, as a you know lever for his support from the fan base. When let's face it, you know you've got you're a member if you're a season ticket holder. So that's twelve thousand. You can rule out immediately. And then you've got the members who are obviously forced into membership to buy tickets for away games. The lack of uptake in the ticket purchasing from season ticket holders and members is not a great vindication for Ken and his use of this as a, a means to say, that, look, people support me, because the people who are buying these memberships and have these season tickets don't seem to have snapped these tickets up.
3: Yeah. I mean, the game will probably end up selling out once it goes on general sale. I'm sure a lot of like day-tripping fans who want to get in for a big match, golden opportunity here. but um, And so that well, will maybe gloss it over from Bates's point of view, but it does seem to be a...
4: Well, if it sells out, will he care?
3: Well, yeah, exactly. It does seem to be a distinct... Um,
4: Although it will be a little bit gutted that it doesn't force more people into buying a membership for 45 quid or whatever it is. True.
2: It is worth pointing out that our membership is some something like 10,000 down on last season, isn't it? I
4: don't think it's quite ten. I think it's about 8,000 down.
2: For argument's sake, let's say it was 10,000 because the math is easier to work out. 10,000 times 40 quid. 400 grand out of the pot, whatever pot that goes into, it might be the 17 departments, it might be Simon's, who knows, but um, that's a not in substantial amount of money, is
5: it?
3: It's not just memberships that are down, attendances are down. Like Palace on Saturday wasn't particularly close to being a full house.
5: That could have been a poor uh, a really poor attendance as well, given that the um if you bought a ticket for Palace you got um you could get a scum ticket. Priority, yeah. Yeah.
2: We only 20, or just shy of 24,000 at Ellen Road on Saturday.
3: Yeah, and it got, when that was announced, it got a round of, um, you Chelsea bastard, get out of our club, was the response from the, instead of being, there were only two so or three people singing sport. that. <laughs> two or three very in arti- loud people. Inarticulate
4: morons were singing that. I, the person in front of me was singing it. I, I saw him I saw him trying to eat his own face later on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Squareball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com.
2: With issue three of the Squareball magazine featuring an interview with our Kaiser Chief, 25% of the Kaiser Chiefs, Simon Ricks, seems like a good opportunity to talk about music and how it's intertwined with football, uh, particularly because we're off the back of the Kaisers, having just played uh, in Leeds.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
2: Haven't they? And they've sort of in, ingrained themselves into the football culture quite substantially. We're a club that has its own very famous theme song in Marching On Together, Leeds, 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 as it's properly known.
3: It's a bit good, isn't it? It's a belter. Name name me a better football song. Well I would Isn't you, the Anfield rap.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> how many how many football clubs actually have their own originally penned anthem? You know, one that's not derived from a terrace chant or similar.
4: Sheffield United, that crap. I don't know what it is that they sing. It's a right load of nonsense, but it's awful. Ours is a timeless classic.
3: Written by a a proper songwriter as well, Mr Les Reed.
4: Not to be confused with ex-Charlton manager.
3: Because, yes, as I think... Well, actually, most people, I like to think most people know this, but it was one thing that annoyed me when um, Ronnie Hilton died. Ronnie Hilton, who wrote and performed... Leeds Night Eclipse oh Lads of Leeds Ballad of Billy Bremner uh, Taylor Johnny Giles all that kind of stuff and when, when he died um, he was fated in all his obituaries as the the writer of Marching on Together the Leeds Club Anthem and it's like no it's like such a shame that like, they pinned on him the one thing that he didn't write and sent him off in that way and I was quite because um, I'm, I'm quite a, a fan of of Mr Hilton's uh, not just his Leeds United work he's a he's a a varied and um, versatile performer. The definitive version of A Windmill in Old Amsterdam, I think you'll find, was his.
2: All right, you're showing off now. We're all <laughs> looking around, scratching our heads, but he's talking about You know it.
3: that song.
4: Um, Sing it for us.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I see a mouse. Where? There on the stair. Where on the stair? Right there, a little mouse with clogs on. Go clippity cloppity, clippity cloppity etc
2: we just like to take this opportunity to apologize to our listeners <laughs> for singing on the square Bar podcast it's uh, a classic was, and he which, also... which one of the two of them was it that um that wrote delilah as well was that that was les reed it was les reed
3: yeah so les reed wrote for the likes of elvis and tom jones and um other assorted stars of the 1960s ronnie hilton was um um, he did a, an excellent version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which I also have on LP. <laughs> How does that one sound? <laughs> um, Chitty Chitty Bang. Well, it actually it sounds very good in, um, in Ronnie's dulcet Honslet tones. He's um, He does a, a very nice version. And also I have a lovely album for him called Ronnie Hilton Sings uh, the Songs That Sold a Million, and it's with the continuous sounds of the Harry Pearson Orchestra, which play constantly throughout the whole record and they have little um, interludes between the songs and then Ronnie's voice just kind of fades in and fades out and it gets quite spooky and moving in some parts because he's doing some quite sort of uh, low-key ballads that um, there's a lot of drama in there. And then he just, and then he comes romping in with a rendition of uh, love and ma- no, it's love and marriage <laughs> that he comes crashing in and uh, trying to jolly up the middle of side two. But it's it's an absolutely fantastic record.
5: Side, side two, two. <laughs> <laughs> for our younger listeners.
2: Side two is what used to be on the other side of the records. Be- I was the old fucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> your iPod doesn't come with a side two. In terms of Delilah, going back to Delilah. You're know, obsessed with that, Delilah. No, I was going to say, we could have almost had that as a song. You know, when you think about it, we were close to that, weren't we? If it, you know, written by the same people.
3: Yeah, let's read. I think he had this song, Knocking Around, the song that became Marching On Together, but he didn't have the the words and um, somehow put the two together. Magic happens. And really, I mean, most football record clubs back away from them quite Quickly because they tend to be toxic or they tend to be by status quo if you're a scum fan. Whereas ours, quality song, hitting the charts, good tune, memorable lyrics, sung it all the time, every home game.
2: I have to confess to when I'm driving up and down the M1 on my way back and forth from work, sometimes sticking the album on, you know, the CD that came out. Which is your favourite side? The side that plays, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the one without the drawings on it. Uh, <laughs> I uh, and, and I've sometimes put it on and just listen to the whole thing. Uh, you know, the first half is probably better than the second half of that album. To, let's be perfectly honest. Definitely. Football in the Yorkshire Rose not necessarily a Times classic.
3: Don't royal me. We'll,
2: we'll come on to that in a minute. But uh, I do, it and, I, and I can listen to it, and I start feeling quite emotional when I'm driving. And you know, and I'll see it to myself in the car and get really involved in it, and just you know, it does take you back to times at Ellen Road.
3: Well, Les Reed with marching on together got that sort of proud peacock strutting around tone. Ronnie Hilton, a bit more of a kind of a, there's warmth and humour and um, especially in some like the lads of Leeds where he's naming every single player and then you know, the physiotherapist and the ground <laughs> staff, the office staff and the disc jockey if he plays this. And it's, it's just, it's... But it's all very reminiscent of the whole
2: Don Revie family idea around yeah. the club, wasn't it? And, it? and it very much encapsulates
5: that.
3: And that mystifying line in The Tale of Johnny Giles, but if you meet him in the streets, he'll sell you some insurance. <laughs> yes? All right, Ronnie. But
5: well, it's the first few bars that do it for me because it never do fails it.
2: to. Yeah. It's the same with the. Well, that was the B side, wasn't it? it was Leeds, Leeds, Leeds yeah. to the song Leeds United. Um, and that those opening bars of that, which are very similar, yeah. really, it's hairs on the, the next stuff, isn't it? I think that. What
3: about the opening bars of the 1992 remix, which was also pretty good? I remember them playing that on BBC Leeds at halftime. They debuted it in the game we lost four-one to QPR in the championship season. Everyone was really excited, and it was like a baggy remix. It was good. Is it was that sort of synth piano, the, yeah, a bit the, of Italian house style, and it was. Um,
2: well, looking back on it, it's actually. I, re- I remember thinking at the time, they've murdered it. But looking back <laughs> on it again now, actually, you know, it's quite cool, wasn't it? It's
3: absolutely fine. You can't, you can't, um, you can't ruin a, bad, a good song.
2: Was that not by? Is it Ian? Do I tell who runs, is it Crash? Yeah, Records? he tended to have his hand in yeah. all
3: of the Leeds United stuff because Crash there's...
2: Records being a, a record shop, famous record shop in Leeds. And same for the non-Leeds listeners.
3: He must have been behind. Um, we are Leeds we are, um, Leeds. we are Leeds. We are Leeds. Whoa! Yeah. yeah, which has some. That's got some really fruity stuff going on in that with the eleven men. Just one heart. <laughs> Just one dream, 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 really dream, dream. Overproduced dream.
2: late 80s, early 90s stuff, yeah. yeah. I've got, I think, the 12-inch on vinyl of the song. Remember the song Lead Salute? That was I've the one not that came heard out. Lead no. Salute. Well, what I shall have to I shall have to dig that out. And I'll, I'll see if I can get it into some sort of modern format. <laughs> I'll give it to you, Moscow. Clearly, yeah, you've, got, you've, got got a grammar, player. you've got a gramophone player, yeah. And we'll, uh, I'll have to, we'll have to dig that out and return to it on a later podcast again because it be in my loft somewhere, but... And it had a little stick man doing the lead salute on the on the front of it,
3: Fido Dido style.
2: Yes, very much so, very <laughs> much so.
3: I think uh, all throughout our listenership, there's probably anybody under twenty just going, "What the fuck are these old geezers on about?" <laughs>
4: yeah, get the album. Speak to your parents. I think we need to give John Charles a mention as well for his his pub style of singing. We move, do you get. I think sixteen tons wasn't it? Yeah, him being Welsh wasn't enough. Him to be a singer has
3: anybody me. ever heard the original i don't mean the original of 16 tons because the reason they had him doing that on that cd was because he it was a hit in italy in the 50s when he was playing for juventus and he sang it in italian i mean really yeah there's nothing wow. john charles couldn't do yeah he sang the whole thing <laughs> in italian but they, then rather than just put that on the um on the greatest hits of Leeds cd the Going got back the, in, didn't they? Yeah, they got a Casio keyboard out, and him aged, god, into his sixties, seventies.
2: The keyboard on it is atrocious. <laughs> it's your little Bon Tempe kids' Christmas
3: present thing, isn't it? I put it on trumpet set.
2: I'm
5: busting overbeat.
3: <laughs> yeah, that. Um, if you listen to that CD, you sort of you get to 16 tons, and then probably skip onto We Are Leads. Bit of uh, Tony Yaboa. If you accidentally get the start of um, football in a Yorkshire Rose, then <laughs> you frantically skip past that.
2: The Tony Yeboah one's had legs, does not it? It's That's lasted. Well, very right simple, you see. Yeah, on the, on, the, on the terraces. I've always thought that they should go back to playing all the old classic songs at Ellen Road, because it seems to have died out. We get, we get a bit of marching on together, don't we? But um, they should play
4: them all. I remember they always used to play them all back-to-back. Brilliant as well for, for younger listeners. They can learn a bit of history.
3: Well it's nice that um the ballad of Billy Bremner and the lads and um Leeds United, it's just called, isn't it? Yeah. Still gets sung um on the cop. His hair is red and fuzzy, and his body's black and blue. Come on.
2: Something that always got me about those songs as well, though, that the hand claps are out of time to the you know, to the actual beat that comes in. I mean, you won't get that these days.
3: And on um, the ballad of Billy Bremner as well, there was one in um there was one lone sort of stray female voice that only sort of cuts through in the mix in the choruses. And it, it, I always just imagined it must have just been like Ronnie Hilton just had his family around. It's, you'll just have to sing back up. I'm putting on a fake Scottish accent. And it's, on, um, it's on where they rhyme leads with deeds and I think needs as well. You can hear this yeah. one woman just... Um, she sings the note a little bit longer than everybody else.
4: There's a great video on YouTube of a man belting out uh, the Ballad of Billy Browner in a pub. It's worth, <laughs> worth finding. Drunk people. He does. He does the whole yeah. thing. One thing I always found in the lead songs that makes you kind of go, "Ooh!"
2: In modern times, is, is this the lead reference- United Calypso? Yeah, <laughs> it's the reference to Albert Johansson not knowing where he comes from, but it could be Tim. too. not. I know it's not meant to be offensive these days it possibly is a little bit but
4: who's ever heard of South Africa anyway I don't, I don't even know where it is
2: <laughs> times have changed should we say it's,
4: well that's Ken about the Chinese <laughs> <laughs> so favourite
2: favourite song off the album of all the lead songs which do you like
3: ooh I wasn't expecting that question
5: um it's still marching on together for me it always does
4: it I like we play well Leeds United it's simply called yeah. we, we play all the way for Leeds United that's I,
5: mine that's mine as
3: well I think it might be the lads of Leeds, myself. It's got everything. bit of humour at the end, but then rousing to begin with. But it certainly isn't a football in a Yorkshire rose.
2: (laughs) Uh, You mentioned other football songs. You you did mention the Anfield rap a little while ago. Did anybody ever own any other football records? Did you buy any others? Something I do have, by the way, just thinking about it, I've got the 1972 FA Cup final commentary on 12-inch vinyl.
3: You and me both.
2: Yes. Yes. High five, brother. There we go.
3: I have a record of... um, Actually, I have a Sheffield Wednesday single, uh, a seven-inch single, um, Kids. Um, The A-side is... I can't even remember what's on the A-side. It's just about some striker that they had in the 80s. But the B-side is like this combination glitter band meets glam rock, kraut rock, stomp, where it just goes... um, Wednesday for like five minutes it because, and it, it gradually it fades in over the course of about a minute at the start and then fades out over another minute at the end um, it's quite threatening
2: <laughs> I've got a. this is going to get a little bit Jeremy Kyle now and I've got to a little confession for you I do have several other football records one of which is no longer in my possession you'll be pleased to know but I've got uh, World in Motion mm-hmm. but that 1990 England World Cup song very good. Enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I have to confess to having the Anfield rap. That's
3: I I, th- I actually, I like the Anfield rap. I know most of the words. It just sticks in your mind that I, I always
2: just saw that as more of a novelty record than a Liverpool thing. Um, I've also got You'll Never yeah, Walk Yeah, the Alone.
3: Liverpool stuff, they're quite, light, quite a light touch with the Scouse stuff on Anfield rap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because they, they, um, when they came around to doing uh, records for Hillsborough, they were going to do You'll Never Walk Alone, weren't they? But obviously they ended up doing Ferry Across the Mersey. Mm. Which um, I think I've got that as well. And I've got You'll Never Walk Alone, the Bradford City one. But the only one that I'm deeply ashamed to have ever been in possession of was a Manchester United FA Cup final record. It was given to me by one of my mates at school. I think it must have been the 85 Cup final, was it, when they played Everton? Right. And he had two copies of it and he
3: gave me one. You know, give. Go off. (laughs) Go off. Uh, Come. come, This is. uh, We hope you've enjoyed listening to the Squareball podcast over the last two seasons.
4: They have all just walked out of the studio. Come back, come back. You were telling us actually about Andy Cole's record. <laughs> out- um, outstanding, it was Cole, wasn't it? Yeah. But,
2: but the re- the redemption, the redemptive aspect of this is that I did bin it as soon as I was old enough to understand that it was wrong to have such a thing in my possession.
3: I still, I have got and have kept um, from about 1982 the Tottenham Hotspur party album. Because basically, if you've got um, Glenn Hoddle singing Happy Christmas, War is Over, you're not going to give that away, are you? That's a keeper. I always wanted
2: Diamond Lights but never bought that. That That's Hoddle and Waddle, wasn't
3: it? Hoddle and Waddle. Also, I strongly recommend you go to YouTube and search for Waddle and Basil Bali doing We Got a Feeling um, because the video for that is absolutely incredible. And plus it's full of... uh, Chris Waddle, hey, I'm English in Basel, hmm je suis France, um, humour, that it's, it's an absolutely sensational track. I would also confess, if you can confess to having that scum record, occasionally from time to time, I don't know where it comes from or why it happens to me, but I get pass and move, it's the Liverpool groove ah, yeah, stuck yeah. in my head for ages, just going round and round, just those two lines. It drives me to the brink sometimes.
4: One of the odder things you find on YouTube when searching for Leeds United is that, that music video by a woman called Amanda Palmer. Yeah, which is in it seems to have no link to us whatsoever. She wrote it because she'd liked our the passion of our
2: fans, didn't she? From a sort of a gritty northern I think perspective she's, or something. I
3: think what I heard was that she was speaking to somebody from Leeds about Leeds United and completely sort of misunderstood the whole thing and went and wrote that terrible, terrible song. She's generally quite a bad person. <laughs> 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 That's
2: Amanda Palmer's
4: agent speaking for you on Squareball. Anyone Podcast. who gave birth to Calton has got a lot to answer for.
2: We couldn't talk about football and music without mentioning goal music. I mean, I in the months gone past, I wrote a little uh, blog post on the use of Tom Hark. Shoot me now. Yeah, uh, off the back of us beating Burnley uh, pre Christmas last year, which was particularly enjoyable. Absolutely disgusting. Hate it. Should never play goal music at football grounds.
4: Agreed. I'm sure goal music was mentioned on Twitter not long ago by someone from the club, and they got roundly shouted down. And they also made the, the error of asking the people of Twitter what music we should run out to, which just brought many a sarcastic, mm. um, "Baby, I got your money." That kind of <laughs> uh, anything by Monaco yeah, yeah, all that sort of "Dirty um,
3: Cash" by The Adventures of Stevie V.
4: It was all that kind of thing, yeah. So I think I think the club might have learned the lesson on that. Don't Don't ask people what they don't, think. <laughs> yeah. Don't
2: speak to the fans. The morons.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, White Riot by the Clash. I think that would work. Yeah. Taxman. What about the Taxman? Just like the song. Yeah, just like the song.
3: Would it be Rockwell's cover version? No. No. Okay. Philistine.
2: Right. Coming up in the next fortnight, we have three matches. Starting off with Bristol City at home. The return. Of the killer,
1: the killer.
3: <laughs> if, if we suddenly turn into a, a WWF outfit in your, that's wrestling, not wildlife.
4: Sorry, it's too, it's too much caffeine. Probably the least threatening killer you can, you can imagine. We'll win this one.
3: We won't um, keep a clean sheet though. Maynard will score.
4: Yeah, we won't. We keep never keep a, a clean sheet.
3: However, they won't keep a clean sheet because David James is in goal.
2: I think somebody on Twitter today did say, did look for odds, didn't they, to not keep a clean sheet for the rest of the season? Thirty-three to one. Worth sticking a, stick a tenner on.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been the case for a couple of seasons. You always know that there's going to be goals in a Leeds game. It's the kind of value. That's why the ticket prices are so high. Other clubs, they'll charge you 30 quid and you won't even see a goal at Leeds. There's all the fun of the fair. We used
4: up our our nil-nils with George Graham.
3: We had <laughs> enough of them.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we'll. I'm relatively confident against Bristol. They're one of us. Again, a bit like Palace, although admittedly we nearly lost that. They're a team I look at and I think, yep, better home definitely.
3: Yeah, they're supposed to be good, aren't they? But they're not. Since so we get
4: Clayton back.
2: Yeah, if he's Which not, is, I can, uh, I've can. just got visions of Brown being in there and smashing through the back of Kilkenny.
3: Yeah, do you think we're going to end up getting bossed around by um, by Killer?
5: He's likely to have that game he had for Oldham yeah. on Year's day that day when we signed him a week later and just bossed it. And
3: then. Maybe we'll sign him back. I imagine
4: some of these the Leeds players will be quite pleased to see him bossing other people around, thinking we don't have to take that shit anymore. <laughs> Stop pointing, you can, Neil. You can complain to someone else. I, I always point at him.
2: And they're struggling at the minute so far, Bristol City. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll
3: win, won't we? Yeah, they were supposed to be yeah. playoff challenges. I mean, and they have got. You wouldn't complain if Maynard and Pitman were your strikers, um, and they have got like Campbell Rice as well. But um, they've also got New Cook Kenny, so they can't be that good. And they've yeah, they've not started uh, in any particular decent way at all. So
5: let's
2: imagine they are above Reading, and Reading nearly went up
5: last year. So
4: Well
3: yeah, again. I'm it's Redding.
5: a range. Division Where some players go, aren't they? Yeah, that's true. Shane Long and... Matt Pre- Mills. Matt Mills.
4: Presumably for this game as well, Becky will start on the bench again and we know what, what he does off the bench against Bristol. Didn't he come on and score a hat-trick last year?
5: He came
3: on to scored a hat-trick and did he also get a head injury as well for his trouble? Was that that game? He did everything. All action, all I'm Becchio. glad you got a head
4: injury. That's, that's extra. <laughs> yeah, a win then. Let's not talk about the next game.
3: <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, well, let's hope that that's the... Um, the attitude as well. It's um, Elland Road. If they could just be perhaps Bristol and Brighton. Concentrate on those. Perhaps,
2: and here's me chucking a theory at you perhaps.
3: Hey, back off, Einstein. <laughs> this isn't science hour.
2: <laughs> perhaps it's a good thing that we're all writing off our chances completely because we were in danger, perhaps based on January the 3rd, 2010, of coming into this expecting a repeat performance, and I don't think anybody is now. So no is one that one think. of the few things in our favour?
5: Possibly.
3: There's this
5: and they're run of form at the moment.
3: Keeping the scores to single figures seems like a target to start with. It's just we were talking. So we almost
5: up that for when we played at Old Trafford. It was like we could maybe sneak it. We could hope for a draw, but we'd probably get beaten.
3: It is weird. We had we probably had a, a much worse team. I mean, we had Jason Crow at right back yeah. uh, when we went to Old Trafford, and yet nobody, there wasn't quite this feeling we've got now of just trying to keep in the game.
2: But, but it, mm, theirs was a fairly ageing side then, back then, though, wasn't it? You're, you're in their skulls.
4: And, and we were flying as well. We were mm. top of the league and looking unbeatable. Obviously, things went wrong after that game and we almost blew promotion. But up until that point, we looked like a, a side only heading in one direction. So we had that about us, whereas now we're just kind of getting plodding, by. Plodding along.
3: Plus it's the League Cup rather than the FA Cup. I mean, FA Cup third round is...
4: No one talks about the magic of the League Cup, do they?
3: No, they don't. And, and we don't know who's going to play for them either, whether it will just be a bunch of kids that we've not really heard of but are all much, much better than our first team. The
2: problem is Ferguson will want to avenge January the 3rd. He'll want to come to Ellen Road and he'll want to stick it up. So I suspect it'll be a fairly strong side and he'll have them pretty fired up.
4: Yeah, they've got big games around it and you just hope that he'll... Ferguson will be confident enough of winning with a weakened side that we might be able to get something from it.
5: I reckon we have a very strong bench though. Um, That's the the
4: problem. If if we're looking like getting a result and he brings on Nanny, Young, Rooney, then we're pretty much fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So no
2: points from this. Which would be the case anyway. Well, look, uh, let's look at it one way. At least it's going to be settled on the night. I mean, from a revenue streams point of view, that's not so great because the replay would have been fantastic, but it'll be over in one night. We can forget it and move on if it's crap. If it's great, then great.
3: We'll always have January the 3rd.
2: Yeah, they were, yeah. we have said before, haven't we, that they'll never be able to take that away from us. No.
3: Because we were Division Three. That was an exceptional, exceptional yeah. occasion. Part of me
4: thinks it'd be quite funny if Michael Brown managed to injure a few of their stars. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to catch them first. Yeah.
3: That's
2: like on sort of FIFA when you start getting deliberately getting red cards, don't you, when you're playing FIFA on the on the PlayStation or whatever.
3: Maybe Halson can be sick on a few. He could be um Martin McCutcheon to uh Wayne Rooney's um, Mick Mick Cucknell. Mick <laughs> yeah, he's just gone to all the trouble of a hair transplant and now Johnny comes along and ruins it. So, in
2: summary, do we expect anything from that game?
4: Tears. Tears yeah. and a pasting. Yeah, I'd I'd take a one nil defeat now, probably which is a horrible <laughs> way to think of it. Let's just try and get out of there with a bit of respect.
2: I mean, who wants to win the League Cup? Because look what happened to Birmingham. Won it, went down. I'd like to win it. Yeah, mm. it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah.
3: <laughs> We've only won it once. We've only won the FA Cup once. Winning things generally. I'm in favour of football clubs no, winning no, no, things. No, 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 no,
2: no. You, you see, you're getting it. All I wanted to win you, the no, JPT. You're getting it all wrong. You're getting it all wrong. What it's all about is getting your business working 365 days a year. Revenue streams.
3: Brick by brick. Not step, trophy by trophy.
2: Step by step, brick by brick.
3: Can't cement two trophies together and, and make a hotel. But we're not going to win the League Cup anyway, so this is really irrelevant.
2: Right, on to Brighton, who have just got themselves a nice shiny new stadium. They've got the man called Gustavo Poet, who is managing Does them. he not get a
3: El Principito style? Gustavo Poet.
2: Uh, top of the uh, top of the division, flying.
3: They all sound like um, 1970s terrorists. Yeah.
2: <laughs> El Principito <laughs> Gustavo. Um, they're playing a day later than us in the League Cup, aren't they? So they should be knackered on Friday night.
3: Liverpool as well that they've, they've got down at the American Express. Credit debit. Community. S- Lollapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> Stadium of fun-filled bouncy castles.
2: I am going to, for once, put my neck on the line with this fixture
3: and say we're going to win it. Brighton frighten me slightly. I think they're quite good.
2: No, I think we'll win it. Well, the silence and everyone else speaks volumes. <laughs> it's based on nothing at all other than a gut feeling that we might go there and just uh, win it. Just go Depends how we things. do on the
5: Tuesday. Yeah. If we get an arsehole in against Man United.
3: I mean, if we're, if we're worrying about Brighton being knackered after playing Liverpool, we know that we tend to take weeks to recover from the big games.
4: It's not as tired just thinking about it. <laughs> A word
2: about the Amex Arena, the American Express, Lollapalooza Stadium. It's all been a bit friendly to away fans for my liking. You know, I've heard about this. Yeah, they're putting local ales on tap, local beers. like Not local to Brighton, obviously, local to the visiting club. And they're putting lights <laughs> yeah, on.
3: Yeah, they've got LEDs in the yeah, colour of the visiting team, isn't they? Which but. is
2: all a bit nicey for me. I I prefer just to stick them in like a concrete bunker, or as we call it, the West Stand. You know, something like that.
3: It is a community stadium, well, sponsored by a credit card company, so, you know, they can't... American Express, were are never going to lend their name to something where away fans are being shepherded in with cattle prods.
4: Like a pipe Johnny House and sick into the away end, at least.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's all a bit nicey, but is this what modern football's becoming? I'm sure when they eventually demolish our West Stand, it'll be comfy and roomy and things when they rebuild
4: it. So Well, the East know. Stand's the newest one we've got, and that's got no leg room whatsoever. So maybe, maybe they'll make even less for the away end. It's all about volume, isn't it? It's all about volume. <laughs> Cram them all in. Cram them all in.
3: Brighton. The, the problem we may have with Brighton is that they're basically the feel-good story of 2011, 2012. They're the everybody's second favourite team this year because Gus is such a nice guy. Our next manager. They're, they're, they're so plucky that they got that stadium. No, he's going to stay there forever until he wins the Champions League. I know it's a bold prediction, but <laughs> <laughs> you think we're going to beat Brighton? I think Brighton are going to win the Champions League. I don't think either of us is being ridiculous.
2: At least we spared the shame of Billy
4: Painter scoring past us anyway.
3: Well, we may have the shame of uh, not being able to score past Kasper Ankergren. He may be flipped on its head.
4: At least there's no running track and a roof. Mm. So that's, a, that's an
2: improvement. A step up, yeah. And just going back to Ankergren, at least all we have to do is go down the wings and put some crosses in, and then we'll be fine.
3: He's probably worked it out by now. Gus will have told him what to do. He'll have fixed it for him.
2: So Bristol, win. Manchester United, nah. there, didn't think about it. And then Brighton, win. Yep. Mm. Apparently.
3: Win. If you say so. I'd See take um, four points from the two league games and pretend the League Cup isn't happening.
2: Okay. Right, so rattles papers, moves on to next section. Now on to the Ken Bates villain of the fortnight award for this fortnight Tsk. nominations. Obviously, Ken Bates has to be nominated for it.
3: What for this time?
2: Um, Being Ken Bates. Yeah, just general demeanour. No, calling us inarticulate morons. Lying about short-sighted, York- and inarticulate morons.
3: His obfuscation around Yorkshire Radio's listening figures.
2: Yeah, there is that,
5: and their ownership. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A
2: so list that's of things. That's Ken so Bates. It. <laughs>
3: so
2: that's Ken. Uh, I want to put forward Ramon Nunez for his big tarty strot at Erland Road after being substituted. Don't need that. It wasn't
3: right. I mean, I, I remember being a bit more charitable about Beckford when he did it because he was top scorer and he had been for two, three seasons and he could sort of understand. Plus, you knew what was going on shortly afterwards because it was a week when he was putting his transfer request. So there's reasons behind it. Nunez, no reason for any of that, no matter what his nickname may be. Which is what? I can't remember.
4: Il Principito.
3: Oh, yes, I remember.
2: So, Il Principito is nominated for the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnight Award. Any other nominations then, gents? A bit harsh, but Michael Brown. What, for, for general? being a bit
4: old and rubbish. creaky, which I guess you understand. It's heading in towards... <laughs> <laughs> heading towards mocking the disabled territory, picking on Michael Brown, but, yeah, that performance yeah. was pretty much...
5: For which he reported 10,000 pounds.
2: Yeah, I'm not second. sure we can give that to him though cuz he yeah. he was, was straight off the back of not
4: training, wasn't it? As well as being old and knackered, he was old and
5: knackered and, harsh.
4: and unfit. On harsh ones then, Johnny Housen's mum for cooking a, a dodgy shepherd's pie. Mrs Housen, which is which then had to leave all over the Ellen Road pitch.
3: This gets my vote. What Johnny you know, Housen's mum? Yeah, we're trying to create a family-friendly club. I mean,
4: poisoning our players is Did you not say a it was way. orange? It was yeah, bright orange. orange. Could it have been sweet and sour pork?
3: Um, it's I don't think Surely, Chinese food. Ken Bates must be doing breath tests before he'll let anybody in <laughs> there, anyone in the West Stand.
4: Does the East Stand still sell Chinese? It did for a time. No, pies. There was definitely, de- someone else must remember this. Was, I, I do there remember There was definitely a, a Chinese I, in there. Back, back in the day stage. when I was
2: in the family stand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, I used to get a bit of the old Chinese food there, yeah. Ken put a stop to that, wouldn't he? Clearly. So, nominations for the Ken Bates villain of the fortnight. Ken Bates. Il Principito. Johnny Housen's mum. And Michael Brown. Moscow, you're saying Johnny Housen's mum. Yeah. Oddie? I said Michael Brown, but it was
4: harsh.
3: Well, it's Johnny Housen's mum's got it coming.
4: Yeah. Michael? <laughs> I, I feel a bit sorry for Mrs Housen, to so I'll go Nunes. So who? Sorry? <laughs> El, El Prince Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tending
2: towards Johnny Housen's mum. Yeah. The old oh, really? rat bag. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in, absence, in the absence of any other sort of decent midfielder, she didn't have to poison her son,
4: did she? So
3: It could have been his wife, I suppose. We're just assuming it's his uh, his mother that cooks for him.
4: Of course it is. She does Basically, his washing as well, you can tell.
2: Can
3: we not just expand this to all the women in Johnny Housen's life?
2: No, because that's just another hate crime and we don't want to get known for that on this podcast, so we'll just restrict it to his mother. OK. So should we say Mrs Housen gets the award for... Uh, Villain of the fortnight, yes. Someone who has contributed to the misery of being a Leeds fan this fortnight. Well done to you, Mrs. Howson You take the award. Finally, then we implore you to buy the Squareball magazine issue two out now. Available via the website at thesquareball.net. Buy it, buy it. Price that just just one pound fifty. Could be much more. Could be much much. Should more Should be much much more. At least four pounds. Uh, but it's not. It's one fifty. Loads of good stuff in there, as we touched on at the top of the podcast. Won't say too much about that. We'll say, however, forthcoming Issue 3, hot on the heels of Issue 2, um, that's going to be out in a few weeks. Which game is that going to be available at? The
5: Portsmouth game. The
2: Portsmouth match, right. And we have today learned of something of a coup uh, for Issue 3 of the mag. We're going to be interviewing somebody. Well, our very good friend at uk is actually. Somebody say the name of the man.
3: Why, well, because you can't pronounce Paul Trevilian
2: <laughs> Exactly that reason, yeah. And to the uninitiated, who is Paul Trevelyan? <laughs>
3: Paul Trevelyan, the um, cartoonist behind the You Are The Ref comics in uh, in um, the newspapers and magazines, and more key for Leeds United, the inventor of the sock tag, the inventor of the synchronised warm-up, the matching tracksuit tops, basically made us look incredibly stylish in the, the early 70s and I think slightly boggled Don Revie's mind by um, throwing all these uh, modern American ideas at him and, and get a lot of them stuck and a lot of them are the... Uh, um, part the, of the heritage of Leeds no, the I mean, fabric the, of our identity literally in uh, the say, case of a sock tag which you can't buy a sock tag for love no money who else ever had a sock tag? nobody and it's Paul Trevelyan is the reason why and he's got a brilliant nickname self-styled nickname not like a,
2: a tossy one like Paul Ince calling himself the governor let's not spoil it let's not spoil it let's leave it until maybe the next podcast when we're uh, actually going to be promoting the uh, the interview and the new issue of the magazine but he's got a great nickname, and that's all we'll say on that at the moment.
3: He's a great man.
2: And if that's everything for this edition of the Squareball Podcast, should we dance off into the night then? I'm going to say bye-bye. Bye from Michael Normanton. Bye-bye. Bye from Moscow, White, Goodbye. And goodbye from Odin. Bye-bye. We will return in a fortnight to tickle your ears. We look forward to speaking to you then. See you later. Bye-bye. The Squareball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Hello, welcome to the Square Ball podcast. And after the noisy affair of last time, we promised nothing but our own voices this time. And as well as my voice, there's Michael Normanson. Hello.
3: Moscowite. White. Hello.
4: I don't know I don't know what's going on.
3: <laughs> Tom Lees as a puppy just came <laughs> into my mind. <laughs> I'm sorry. You imagine him sat
4: in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> a little Tom Lees puppy. <laughs> Throwing <clears> biscuits. There you go. Come on,
0: Tom. Sit. <laughs>